You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I would ask you to take your Bibles once more with me again and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, please. I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight on the subject of why we continue to observe the Lord's table. What we see before us tonight should never become a ritual. Uh, It should never get old in our eyes. It should never uh, become a a habit and simply this is what we do and so we're just going to do and be a part of it. Uh, There are reason behind it, and God gives us very specific instructions for it. And it is a very sacred ordinance that the Bible gives us, as Brother Bertram mentioned, but it's also very serious as well. If you would look with me and turn to me to verse number 27, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We find the seriousness of the ordinance begins here. The Bible says, Wherefore, Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged." When we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. The local church ordinance of observing the Lord's table is a time to cleanse and clean ourselves. If you would notice with me in verse number 28 again, the Bible calls it a time of examination. The Bible says, let a man examine himself. During an examination, we can kind of relate to this, when you would go to a doctor and receive an examination, the doctor is going to do his part to thoroughly examine every part of your body as to not overlook anything that would cause damage if it was left unattended as it was. You get an exam when something is wrong, when you're feeling something is just not right. You get an exam. But could I say tonight you also get an exam as a preventative measure to stay healthy? Those are two wonderful reasons to observe the Lord's table tonight and be partakers in what God has commanded us to do if there is something wrong and if there's not something wrong because we want it to be preventative. We want, we want to continue in fellowship with our Savior. The occasion of the Lord's table is a time, I would also say this, of self-examination. Not an examination of your brother, not examination of your spouse or your children or your parents or uh, your roommate or someone else, but a self-examination. Simply calling and spending time on our knees, and I pray that you've done that already this week as we see this coming up on our calendar and see that as a church we'll partake in this. But asking God and spending some time and asking the Holy Spirit, would you reveal things in my life that you're not pleased with? Would you do a thorough examination of our heart? And I promise you tonight, if we will do that, He will do His part. He will reveal in our lives what needs to be revealed. 
And the reason for that, as he reveals that, is so we get those right things right, we confess it, we forsake it, so that we do not have to receive and face the chastisement of the Lord later on, as we see in verse number 32. Tonight, we are literally to allow the Holy Spirit to to put his finger upon the sin in our life, to confess it, so that we avoid the judgment. Now, the temptation tonight is to say, well, I, I would rather not deal with the sin in my life. I would rather not you know, talk about it and think about it, and I really wasn't prepared and planning on doing anything like this tonight. So I'm just not going to partake of the Lord's table. But I want to show it to you tonight and just speak on it just a moment that that's really not an option. Because the Bible says this, do in remembrance of me. The Lord's table, we have to understand, is a commandment for the saved and baptized church member just as much as baptism is a commandment for the newly saved person. We fully believe in believers' baptism, and boy, as soon as they get saved and understand what God has done for them, they ought to be baptized to identify with the Lord and what He did for them, and to identify and give a public testimony of their profession of faith and their desire to walk in newness of life. But as real as that command is, we have the same very real command as then a saved and then baptized believer to obey and to follow in the Lord's ordinance of the Lord's table. So in God's eyes tonight, we really have no option. We're to confess and forsake known sin in our life so that we can be then obedient in the Lord's table. But I'll say this, God is not trying to to trap you. God is not trying to entrap you. God wants to fellowship with His people. God wants our mind brought back to Calvary. covers it all. The Lord Jesus Christ wants our mind brought back to years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. God wants our mind brought back to that as we observe the Lord's table and the elements of the bread that'll be, that was symbolic of His broken body for us and that, that cup that symbolizes His perfect, precious blood that was shed for us. He wants fellowship with us. He wants communion with us as we remember what He's done for us and as we look once again to when He comes again. God is not trying to entrap us. He wants fellowship with His people. So He gives us this command. But with this command comes the cleansing and the cleaning of our lives first. As we think about the Lord's Supper, we think about where. Jesus made a statement in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He said, I will build my church. So when we think about the Lord's Supper, we think about an ordinance given to a local church. God's perfect will forever pairs a believer with a local assembly of believers. God wants every person who's part of his family to also be part of a local church. You know, I thought about this more than talking about the ordinance itself, talking about the fact of, I'm glad I have a church, aren't you? I might not have a million dollars in the bank, but I'm glad I have a church. I might not have the nicest car in the world, but I'm glad I have a church. I might not have a name known around the world, but I'm glad that I have a church. And Jesus called it my church. He didn't say a church. He didn't even say the church, but very affectionately, very personally, he said, that's my church. And tonight as we assemble together, people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different educational levels, different income brackets, we gather together as a church here to observe this ordinance that's been given to us. It's amazing to think about this. God doesn't want us to be like a fish out of water. He doesn't want us to be like a sheep out of the fold. 
but he wants us to have a place of fellowship, a place where we can meet, worship, and serve together. I was thinking about the local church. You know, it's more precious than a jewel, more powerful than an army. The Bible said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It's God's husbandry. It's God's habitation. It's the pillar and ground of the truth. God planned it. Jesus purchased it. The Holy Ghost empowers it, and we get to be part of it. Amen. I think about the church. That's where sinners get saved. It's where saints get stirred. It's where prodigals get restored. It's where broken lives get put back together. It's where families get strengthened. Our city can last without a Walmart, and we can make it without a ball field or a shopping mall, but I'll tell you, this place, this city, needs a a church like this church. Thank God for the church. The Bible says that Jesus purchased the church with his own blood. That means when Jesus was on the cross and he was shedding his blood to pay for our redemption, I believe that North Valley Baptist Church was on his mind. I love a place like this. You know why? Whenever we assemble in a place like this, we shed every stigma from the world, every tag and title the world would put on us. When you come in this place as a member of this church, we don't say, well, that's ex-drunk so-and-so. We say, that's brother so-and-so. We don't say that's ex-dope addict so-and-so. We say that's sister so-and-so. We don't say that's ex-bank robber so-and-so. We say that's deacon so-and-so. But anyway, where else can you find a rich man and a poor man having fellowship? Where else can you go and find somebody who's never had any marital trouble next to someone who's had a divorce and there's fellowship? We can find people who've been in prison and folks who've never even gotten a speeding ticket and there's fellowship. Can I say only God can do something like that? And this evening, we're a blessed people to have a place we can say, that's my place, that's my spot, that's my church. As we take a few moments tonight to consider how often we are to take the Lord's Supper or when we take the Lord's Supper, we're drawing our attention to verse 25 and 26 of our text as it says, as oft, and then verse 26, for as often. The Bible doesn't specifically specify exactly how often we're to take of the Lord's Supper, does tell us that we are to take of the Lord's Supper. Tonight as we consider this, I'm reminded that at a time in the church that God intends to be very special, very spiritual, deeply sacred, that there are many churches where there are individuals across our country that become divisive about when we partake of the Lord's Supper. The Bible doesn't specify, again, an exact time, but there is a purpose for why we partake of the Lord's Supper. We know that God has given to us a pastor that helps set in order the church, as Titus 1.5 teaches us that Titus was set there to set the church in order. God has given to us a pastor that leads us spiritually and determines these types of things. And we're reminded that Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. I know that for me personally, years ago, as I began to look at the Lord's table as a time in my life, that not only I wanted to deeply examine my life to see if God was getting all he paid for, but I began to make them benchmarks in my life. As I look back in my life to determine, am I growing in grace? Can I look back? At the last time I partook of the Lord's table, can I see spiritual growth in my life? Can I look back and see exercise of faith at a deeper level? A drawing nigh and, and a drawing closer to the Lord in a greater level. Spending more time in prayer, giving to the Lord and serving with a great and a grateful spirit. And tonight I want to ask the question, can you look back at your life from the last time you partook of the Lord's Supper 
and can you see spiritual growth? It's my desire that at every time that I partake of the Lord's Supper, I can look back and while I'll examine and say, okay, there's some areas here where I, I drop the ball, just man falleth seven times but riseth up again. And as I seek to cleanse and purify my life, I want to be able to say I look more like Jesus this time as I partake of the Lord's Supper than I did last time. And I want to challenge you tonight to, to make the Lord's table a very sacred time, not only of cleansing yourself, but looking back in your life and asking yourself this question, am I growing in grace? Can I see spiritual growth in my life from the last time I partook of the Lord's Supper? It's been a wonderful service tonight, and I'm so very thankful for this, singing My Savior's Love. The 11th grade girls, as they sang, had it not been juniors in high school, God bless those sweet girls. Brother Waterhouse, your song tonight, what a blessing. And then as you sang, Calvary covers it all. I'm glad God covers everything. And then to hear Brother Martinez sing. These three preachers tonight have told us why, where, when, and I was gonna to speak to you and wrap it up, but I think we'll get right into the Lord's table. I will summarize that if I was gonna to preach to you and speak to you, the purpose of the Lord's table is to get the gospel as a result of this meeting tonight out around the globe. As you read chapter 15, it builds on chapter 11. He labors the resurrection, the death, the resurrection. And I'm so thankful that he's coming again. And our job is to get this gospel, the good news, to the entire world. Tonight as we disperse the elements, we'll disperse the bread. And I thank you for these 38 deacons you've given me. My one vote did not vote them in or did not vote them out, but God's people voted them in. And I'm so thankful for the Bible says, look ye out among you seven men of honest report. I love the deacons. They don't posture themselves above the people. They are truly servants to the people of God. We have so many bus drivers and bus captains and bus workers and Sunday school teachers and junior workers, junior church workers and soul winners and each have been assigned about 47 or 48 families that they pray over and are concerned for and try to help. And I thank you for the deacons. They'll disperse in a moment the bread That'll give us time to uh, consider, is there any unconfessed sin? Examine your life and get it confessed. And then we'll pass the cup, and I won't stay on all of our sin, get it dealt with, with the cup, flee to the cross, and thank Him for His grace. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.